Thunderbolt Strange. Welcome to the Thunderbolt Strength Podcast, where we hear about the lives of strong people. This is Brian Hankins. I have my co-host, Molly. What's up, Brian? And Kevin. Hey, man. Today, we have Michelle Fumagalli, CrossFit Games athlete, Notre Dame soccer alum, registered dietitian, and mom. Welcome to the show, Michelle. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, good to have you. Before we dive into this exciting interview that everyone's been waiting for, we're going to loop back to our sleep podcast and talk about how it went for us. So, Kevin, how did our sleep lessons practice go for you? Tremendous improvement. Yeah? And I think the main thing was the caffeine. I did no what caffeine. What did you do? Yeah. You can no just bring coffee, though, no, with you. No, we're going to... No, listen. This is an exception. Um, so, no, I, I used to, I used to do... And 3.30 in the afternoon. Right. Busted. But right, busted. <laughs> so, I used to... So, other to, than today... Other than today... You know, I go, when I make a new rule, I go for like 90% adherence. That's right. You can't be too strict. Yeah, you fall balance. off the wagon. Right. Um, but yeah, so I did no caffeine after noon. It used to be none after four, but looking into like the half-life stuff, I think that was one of my main things. So that and then reading books, paper books. Good old-fashioned books. Put Who the knew? phone down. That will yeah. put you out. And sleeping great. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. What about you, Molly? Um, so... I originally started with leaving my laptop downstairs and just trying to fall asleep, and that was not working for me. For one, if if I get off work and it's 8 p.m. and I come home and I want to talk to the kids and stuff, time for bed, no time to decompress. Yeah. So, um, duh, I figured out I needed to get myself a book. So getting the book helped. That being said, I wouldn't say that my adherence to reading that book has been as high as it should be. <laughs> I've seen that laptop back in the bedroom again. Uh, the book's still not done. It's <laughs> not done. I'm not done with the book yet. You just fell fast asleep so quickly reading it. But I did move my phone out of the room. That's helpful. So that, that helped. And uh, Was there any change in quality? The sleep has gotten better, yes. Okay. I think it would be even better if I adhered to the reading the book more. Yeah. Because that was a good... That was a good change. Yeah. Still sleeping great, And Brian. for me, I was already the good sleeper. I was already the big book reader. So stayed with all that. Still sleeping good. My only real problem is that I would wake up sometimes at like 4 in the morning to go to the bathroom. So I stopped having my uh, like milk, big glass of milk with casein right before bed. Uh, I'm, I'm still searching for the right like thing to have before bed. But that did seem to work. Like Amazing. Yeah. You don't drink a lot of liquid before you go to bed. You don't have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. So that did seem to help. How do you sleep, Michelle? I sleep pretty good. It was funny, actually. Um, Like, when, so leading up to regionals, I would wake up two or three times a night, and that was just my norm. And one time, maybe I'd go to the bathroom. And then when I made the games and I started eating a lot more food, my quality of sleep went way up. So Mm. I didn't wake up in the middle of the night. Maybe once to go to the bathroom, but other than that. Were you, like, waking up hungry, or...? No, I was just, it's amazing if you're under fueling yourself or like how much I was working out, um, it really can affect your sleep. So that's actually one thing that I, and I learned that through working with um, Mike Malloy uh, with my nutrition for the games. But like, that's why I always ask people how their sleep is, because if their sleep's really bad, then, you know, a big reason could be maybe they're not eating enough. I thought it was interesting that you got outside help for your diet going into the games. Mm Mm-hmm. But you're a 
Yeah. Um, you know, it's, yeah, I had to, I didn't want to worry about it. I wanted accountability and he's had games, athletes, and he's been there and done that. And I wanted a pro in that area and I just really didn't want to worry about it. I could, you know, you could tell yourself things to do, but that doesn't mean you're going to do them. Right? You had caffeine yeah, today. Yeah. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> funny uh-huh it's yeah. like we always know what's best for us but then having that person you have to right. be accountable to helps Absolutely. oh yeah if i could take my own advice goodness <laughs> <You'd> be awesome <laughs> well we always say even a coach needs a coach right yeah it's true yeah. yeah absolutely for sure so tell us about your journey to regionals it sounds like it was kind of a saga so- regionals through the games it sounds like it was kind of a saga i know people like to think that like it just happens overnight but <laughs> It's I just mean, so long ago. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, for regionals or after regionals? Just in terms of, you know, uh, obviously you started doing CrossFit, and then at what point you realized, like, hey, I'm going to take this to the next level, and how you, what you did to kind of get to regionals. Right. So, regionals was, um, I was just hoping to make it to regionals. That was kind of the goal. But even when I was training, like in the winter, I never said that really out loud. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> you're just hopeful. Um, but yeah, so made it to regionals. I started working with my coach again, kind of during the open um when we saw how well i was doing so then we like we talked before every workout but i had not been working with him uh angelo cisco um like up to that point because i was kind of just doing my own thing so this is just to say this is this year's regionals, this was right? this year's and oh do had, we want to go to a different year no this is, we okay. can talk about this year but just to set the stage you had made it to regionals yeah so 2013 was the first year and that was like i wasn't like planning on making i got in through that was when there was just a north central region and we were in chicago and 60 60 people went that sounds right is that right or no maybe 40 i don't i don't know yeah, right? i think it was, was the 40s 40 so yeah it was 40 but i got i went i think i finished like 45th so i got in in the second round invites okay. in 2013 and i didn't have a coach i probably i was at crossfit warrenville i probably had like four different people tell me stuff to do yeah i don't know my husband started going we lived in yorkville he started going to reckless and then he kind of j- which josh page owned and he just told him like oh josh page knew who i was and i just started going there and he was my coach so <laughs> <laughs> the amount of things i've yeah. learned we were the last regionals that year too thank god oh, yeah. um because i needed as much time as possible to prepare for regionals um I remember I got in the gym and Josh asked me to overhead squat. And then after I overhead squatted, he looked at me dumbfounded like, oh, my God, that's how you I guess it was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you overhead squat. It was my as you know, my mobility is not great. But yeah, so we had six weeks to prepare and it was literally like. I mean, we had more. I don't know, but it was crazy how much learning went on in those six weeks because I was going from. A, a normal regular yeah. Yeah. regular yeah, yeah. person going to the gym um you know an hour in class uh, a day five or six days a week to oh my gosh you need to train for a three-day competition two workouts a day and for really high intensity and you have to learn all these new skills that you don't know so yeah but it was super fun and so, you finished 10th 
And I finished 10th, Which yeah. seems crazy now based on what you just said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, um, yeah, and then I made regionals again in 2014. 2015 was the first year of just the Central Regional where Central East and North Central combined. I um, saw you handstand walk that year. You saw me handstand walk? I was there, walk? yeah. What, what? I just remember. I just remember seeing you handstand walk. Um, I don't even remember. Oh, is that that was the year that Julie Fouché got yeah. injured? Yep. Um, was that at your regional? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was. I was. Uh, she actually was the heat after me, and she got injured. Um, that's one of those really cool cross moments where she's doing the handstand walk with the boot. Have you guys seen yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. That's how I remember. Uh, we were it. in te- the Super crowd. Cool. We were yeah. like in tears. It was. It was. Yeah. Literally it one of the coolest things in sports. It made me I don't cry. cry. Wow. I mean, it was literally one of the coolest things in sports. Few um, things make Molly cry. <laughs> but uh, she still beat me on event five with a boot on. So that was. What was event event five? It was the rowing. She took a skateboard and put her foot on the skateboard for the rower. Do you rowing, think they would allow that today? Yeah. I don't yeah, know. That's rowing cool. strict. Handstand, deficit handstand push-ups, and uh, chest bar pull-ups. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Was, but she beat me. She had one working leg. <laughs> um, but that's with a boot on. But, um, yeah. So we had three regionals under her belt. And then, yes, yeah, so this is my first year back for regionals. What was your expectation for 2018? Um, to make two regionals. So, but when you were going, when I was then, going into regionals, yeah. um, top ten, and then as closer we got to it, I finally voiced that top five. <laughs> which one? Which one was the worst for you? What was it? That last one with the oh yeah, and well the yeah, that was just yeah, totally. I mean, that was a complete mental breakdown. It was so funny because in the warmups for the rope climb, th- I've never really been good at thrusters, um, and I guess you've seen. Um, in 2015, my the rope climb workout was my worst workout as well. However, this one, um, the rope climb, it was just a mental breakdown. Like in warm up, I had the most beautiful, most beautiful um, rope climbs you've ever seen. And <laughs> <laughs> and then when I jumped, I jumped up to the rope, and then I missed the rope. Um, then everything kind of just went out the window and mentally just. I was gonna say because I thought you were gonna smash down. the one because you did a lot of rope. Well, saw, well, that's why I did so much more rope climbing um, between regionals and the games yeah. <laughs> because that worked out. <laughs> uh huh. Yes, we have Gwen here with us today, so she wants to she wants to participate. Yes. Yeah, so. so, what do you do with that when you have an event where you have a breakdown when you're thinking about it later? What do you do to work on that? Um, to improve. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Um, I mean, yeah, just kind of take away from it and learn from it, right? So, like, things aren't going to go your way in a workout ever. Things aren't going to go your way in life all the time. But just, um, you know, pressing on and working and getting it done. Yeah, (laughs) just got one foot in front of the other, right? Yeah, for sure. So your best workout was the chipper, right? It was event five. Tell me about that one. So I like chippers. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so going into that one, I knew that I was still in fourth place going into that workout and I knew I had to do well on it if I wanted to finish top five. So uh, I came in with vengeance, um, wanting to do well and the workout was a good one for me. Um, 
Yeah, we just checked along. It's funny because I looked back at the video and I remember when I was on the assault bike, the announcer was like, oh, Fumagalli is looking really tired. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you come on down here and try this workout out, right? Um, but no, I, you know, and the big thing was the um, this dumbbell step overs because the weight, I'm strong, the weight wasn't a big deal. And I just... Um, as John said, he's like, I can't believe you didn't fall over every time you tried to step over that box because I was going so fast, but I was trying to go as fast as I could. To- right. Those are the worst. Remember yeah. when I did them in team series and yeah, did yeah. you enjoy that, um, watching me die? No, yeah. <laughs> but no, so it was it was good, though. It was good. Um, I was super happy with it. You know, you always think you could have done better or pushed harder after some workouts. But, no, I was really happy with that one. And did you expect that you would do well on that one? Like, going into it, you were like, this is... Yeah, I, th- I, th- I had confidence going into that one, for sure. For sure. And that sounds like that's a huge deal, the ones that you're sort of mentally feeling good about versus the ones you're not, like, gigantic difference in how the performance ends up being. Yeah, abs- I mean, absolutely. Well, just, I think the big thing is having confidence in it for, like in yourself in in the workout i think that's one of the biggest things and it seemed like the um the handstand walk obstacle course one went way better than it did in practice oh that yes i know i'm just like bringing it all back um (laughs) yeah so i think the obstacle course that that uh you so nicely helped me with um we made it harder here than it was there yeah so yeah even in practice um when i got there thursday it felt good it looked good um that was um that workout was fun though it was just so you know mentally you had to be you know you didn't want to fall and you had to kind of mentally be ready this when you went into that that handstand walk and it was funny because um i don't think they had this on film but my last handstand walk i was falling literally um i was falling i was i was walking down the stairs of my last handstand walk of the workout did you remember this yeah and then i somehow saved myself from falling and i got over the red line and then fell and then like looked up my at my, at my judge to make sure it's okay and i like like jumped for joy yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i didn't have to go back and do it um but yeah, so it's, I don't know how I did that. I wish that was on film just so I could have seen that. But nice. that was fun. It was something different. It wasn't like exhausting, um, just more mentally, I guess. Well, it seemed like one of the keys, like it sounded like it worked out well that the actual training you did here was harder than the real deal, the, the setup that you were working off of. Absolutely, yeah. And another thing, like I didn't rest as long as we had so i would literally do the two workouts within you know a 90 minute time period or whatever or he'd be like you need to rest at least 30 minutes in between your workouts um so making it harder but at the same time it's going to be the hardest because you're going to put forth you know it's all the adrenaline and putting in yeah yeah, the level of effort is going to be so much greater um on the floor and how much and how much do you get like pushed by the other competitors in terms of like are you you know when you're training here that's one thing but when you see the other competitors you kind of like watching and feeling like you have to push at a different oh absolutely or is it more like you're in your own head and doing your own thing and you're trying not to think so much about what they're doing 
Um, no, they definitely push you. <laughs> and and I'm so competitive anyways that, you know, just getting around them. Just like if you would do a workout by yourself, you're going to probably do it right. so much better if you're with somebody. Right. Um, so that absolutely. Was a huge deal, yeah. But yeah, but then it's just ra- rising to the occasion as well. And um, I work, I've always worked really well under uh, pressure with soccer. And yeah. so that... Um, I was never a practice player. I was always <laughs> a uh, game time player. So, yeah, that's one of the, I think, one of the advantages that I have. I'm wondering how, because you, you were at regionals in 2015, and then um, these regionals in 2018. As a mom, how did that change your outlook on the competition your mindset uh, to workouts. Do you think it was an advantage? I think it was just because like, for example, Friday and Saturday before the workouts, like we went to the park, we went for a walk, like, you know, it was, um, and I've said that before that this year was so much more than just me. Um, You know, like being, being a mom, having Gwen, um having john it was just so much more than just me so um there's so much more to than just the workout and you realize that you know anything happened kind of behind the scenes at regionals <laughs> that you want to talk about um i mean we were all watching it here but yeah any, any crazy stuff go down um it was funny when i was on angelo's alpha hippie podcast we like just went over everything of the weekend and then the funny part was he's like yeah we're going through all this drama and all this crazy stuff in your head and you were fourth the entire weekend it's like you didn't move and because <laughs> um, we just kind of dove into everything that was going behind the scenes mentally for me and for us and um Um, But no, I think the big thing was, and this, you know, can apply to life, but going into the final day, Saturday night, um, you know, John gave me some time by myself. He took Gwen and I just wrote down a bunch of things, like affirmations and things I wanted and things I, you know, just to tell myself that, you know, I believed in myself, I could do this, you know, voicing that, you know, I can make it to the games, I'm good enough. Um, and just saying out loud and you know that was such a game changer because I came into Sunday completely ready at least for <laughs> event five um, and Andrew's like yeah I knew you I knew you were going to, I knew we were going to the games when I always run late I'm always oh, I'm never really on time and I was at um, I was at regionals like an hour before I was supposed to be and he's like oh you're already you're already there oh okay <laughs> Because I was just, I was just ready. But um, yeah, I think the Saturday night thing was the biggest, the biggest play was me writing things down and you know making affirmations and things like that. Um, no, getting mentally ready for Sunday. For some reason, I didn't think that you'd do all that well on triple three. So when you got tenth on that one, it was kind of like. Ooh, we're we're on here. Like, did you expect to do well on that? No, I was ecstatic after it though, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, because it was over number one, yeah. and <laughs> I had Christy Aramo next to me, and she won it. Thanks, Christy, and she was <laughs> running so fast, and so I think that helped me. But no, I like again, I good under pressure, and um, you know, I think that helped. Um, 
But I was so happy after that workout. And Angela's like, yeah, you did pretty good. I'm like, no, I did awesome. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I was, yeah, I was really happy. But that was, that hurt really bad. I bet. It did. Mm-hmm. And everyone was cramping um, that second workout. Linda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From just, I think, how, again, like in training, you just don't push yourself as hard as you do in the real thing. And um, everyone, everybody, a I, I, lot of competitors were cramping. I had cramped prior, so I had been doing a lot of things to help with that. But a lot of athletes had those issues in the second workout. What about in terms of like, so you went through regionals and you're like, okay, I made things. What was your mentality preparation mm-hmm. in terms of like getting yourself mentally prepared for it? Obviously, there was training and all that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but what were you kind of telling yourself going yeah. into it? Every workout, yeah, I mean, every workout was um, to get more mentally tough, too, and, like, what I had to do, and um, we're singing happy birthday here. Um, And, but I, you know, and I think that was a big thing. You know, John tried to be, like, my mental coach sometimes, (laughs) and... um, and he's like, you know, because I follow a lot of, like, they're celebrities, right? Yeah. Uh, a ton of these. And I would see a lot of them as celebrities. Um, and John's like, you need to stop doing that, like, right now. Because if, you know, if you think they're better than you, they're not better than you. And, and so just giving them the even playing field. But I think the interesting thing was on getting there Sunday, come the first day of competition Wednesday, I totally saw myself as one of them. And I totally thought that, you know, I deserve to be there. It's just as good as them. And I think that was the the biggest takeaway from the three days leading up to it was I had just, just grown them, yeah. so much more confidence just being around them and be like oh they're just like anybody else you know um, and I'm just as good as they are you told me that you didn't get starstruck I think before you went I asked if, yeah and you said no was that just mental gamesmanship I think so um, yeah I think so or just they're just like anybody else I mean I yeah. guess I, I I don't know if I would really get starstruck with anybody yeah. I don't know, maybe it's just who I am, yeah. but um, but they're just regular people, and all of us are better than them in other ways. <laughs> yeah, everybody's <laughs> right. got things you know? they're good or bad at. Um, so, <clears throat> and, you know, some people I don't really like as much as I did before I truly knew who they were. <laughs> like, like who? I'm not going to say <laughs> anybody. <laughs> but no, it's just you get to see... Um, like, for example, I'll say Ben Bergeron, I thought he was, I don't know, like, I got his book, I would follow him, I thought he was awesome, and then at the games, I just think he's kind of weird. He seems like a real creep. He just seems, he just Like, if he offered me so a ride I, somewhere, I'd say no. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't really follow him anymore. I'm just kind of like, meh, you're really, meh. I, I heard know. somebody say, and I can't remember who, it might have been Patrick Vellner I was listening to an interview. I'm not sure, though. But uh, he was saying the difference between regionals and the games is the regionals, everybody's kind of interacting. You get to know people. It's maybe more friendly. Um, you have these down times where you're around other people. But he was saying the games isn't really like that. Everybody's kind of in their own oh, space. Oh, really? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I felt like the the games is like you're there, like you made it. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, like I the pressure I had going into regionals was so high because I expected so much of myself pressure I had going to the games was 
I didn't have any pressure because <laughs> we didn't know the workouts. Right. Um, it, no one's going to be able to prepare for the workouts because we didn't know them. And I didn't have any expect, you know, like no one yeah. expected anything of me. I'm a rookie. So I'd rather much be the underdog. Um, yeah. I love being the underdog. So yeah. um, did you have specific goals going in or were you just kind of like, I'm going to go there and do my best? Yeah. And- no, the goal was definitely top 20. And then, you know, in an awesome, the cookie cutter, uh, cookie jar goal was uh, top 10. But top twenty was the yeah. was the goal. Mm-hmm. So for I, th- I feel like everybody listening probably knows, but maybe for those that don't, the mm-hmm. first event, the bike crash, mm-hmm. kind of took you out <laughs> for the weekend. Yeah. So and it was funny because I didn't cry at all. Like um, I didn't cry at all until um, we left the facility, and it was just John and I. And um, uh, yeah, I, you know, I was. It was just a shitty, you know, like thing and you're kind of in shock um but i knew when i crossed over the finish line my i knew my wrist something was wrong with it and then um after as people say i threw down my bike i had to pick it back up and go go across castro was like telling me to come across and then i had i told him i needed medical um and it was funny i asked the medical guy i like i was by myself for a couple minutes for medical got over there and then i just kind of looked at my wrist and and i knew that you know this was bad and <laughs> probably not gonna be able to do anything um but i was still hopeful and it's funny looking back at it now because we were like after they had an x-ray down there and um, the main doctor of crossfit was there and he's great um dr rocket the people call him Rocket. Dr. Rocket. Yeah. Um, but, we, yeah, talk, like, we didn't know the seriousness. It's funny because we didn't know the seriousness of my wrist injury. We just thought, like, I broke it and, oh, it's dislocated. I, like, And I thought it was dislocated because I told the meds. I was like, it feels really loose. Right. Well, it felt really loose because I broke every ligament and tendon <laughs> and it was dislocated and it was broken. Um, and but yeah, they were like adrenaline does a lot. Like I it hurt, but they were like literally poking and prodding my my broken, dislocated, yeah, destroyed wrist. And I was like, yeah, that kind of hurts. Yeah, that kind of hurts. Versus like screaming in pain, or they would actually press on the broken bone. I'm like, yeah, that probably hurts the worst. Like that's how I was telling them how yeah. I'm talking to you. Um, so it wasn't probably until like 20 minutes later that the pain really started um, enhancing dramatic, like tons of pain. And then they were numbing me anyways because they had to try to put the bone back in place. Mm. Did they reset it there? Uh, they did. And uh, he, uh, Dr. Rocket and this other guy did. And he told me, um, you know, if you can't, if we can't get it, wrists are weird because sometimes we can't get, you can't, it's hard to get a wrist back in place. It's yeah. not like an elbow or, or something. Um, so he's like, if we can't get it back in place, then you have to go directly to the emergency room and have surgery. I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, I, I'm just praying to God that, you know, we don't, we can, they can get it back in place. And he, they got it back in place. He took an x-ray. It was good. And then I didn't, you know, he's like, oh, you're still going to have to get surgery. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I thought you said if you have back in place, I don't need surgery. Um, but again, we didn't know the seriousness of it. So John got down there probably like 10, 15 minutes be- or 20 minutes after because like no one... The guy, the first guy, the medical guy, he wouldn't let me use his phone because he was from Canada. 
And Canadians and, are selfish. <laughs> no, I don't know. It would have been too expensive. I don't know. So I'm like, okay. And then we are doing all these things. Um, and then I forgot. I'm like, can I please use someone's phone to call my husband? And then so finally, and so John thought everything was fine because he knew I fell. He knew right. whatever. And he's like, well, I haven't heard from medical yet. So like, we're good. And it had been like 20 minutes. So they were very hopeful. And then he got my call. And then, you know, his heart sank because he knew it was going to be bad. Um, and... Uh, and then, you know, he called Angelo to let him know. So pretty much when we all figured this out and Angelo got there and we all were sitting down and Dr. Rocket was pretty much saying that, like, my games were over. And then Castro actually was coming down, came down at that same point to see how I was and to apologize. Um, so, yeah, so it, it sucks. So then we were trying to figure out how I could do the next workout obviously i couldn't do any muscle ups but there's no work minimum for the 30 muscle ups for a time so like okay so i could stand there and then whatever uh -huh. don't do anything and then i could go out and i could do one rep back i could do a back squat and then be done so we were just trying to figure out yeah. how to like go out versus just being done um that ended when we went to boz the head judge and he said i'm not gonna let you just go out there and stand on a you know not do a muscle up and stand on a mat so then it was over but yeah so yeah it sucked um yeah but uh you know the games went on <laughs> um and like i said yeah i probably didn't cry until it was just john and i and then you know the emotions came and then angelo and i um the emotions came um but yeah, my, the opening ceremonies, I stayed through the opening ceremonies, and those were my closing ceremonies. But the girls were all so nice um, Thursday night. Like, I broke down to a bunch of the girls because they were, like, asking me, and I was just, like, a wreck. Um, but, yeah, they were all, they were all, most of them were all really Who was the nice. coolest? Who was the coolest? Oh. Of the girls? <laughs> any of them? Did you become um, BFFs with any of them? I no, I mean I was only there three days, but no. Uh, the other mom, Brissa Mayfield, her and I just like literally randomly met at um, orientation or orientation, whatever that is, uh, registration. Um, <laughs> and I didn't even know she was the other mom, and then we just kind of hit it off. She was I didn't know there nice. was another one. I yeah, you there were no. Oh, she wow. yeah, she has a five or six. I think he's five or six a okay. son, um, and she's my age. And then so she's she's sweet. Um, Carrie Pierce was super nice. I mean, they were all, oh, um, I can't even think of names right now, but yeah, I mean, they were all, that's awesome. They were all, were crazy. you, was the thing that was the hardest? Was it kind of like my games is over? Was it more feeling like I put all this work in, now it's lost or more like I'm letting people down or I mean, what was it? I, I think it was a combination of it. I yeah. think one, like I felt cheated. And right. it felt like it's like a dream, like it, it didn't even happen, right. you know, like I put all this work and my family sacrificed, people did, yes. like Molly would watch Gwen for me, like yeah. Latrice came in to watch yeah. Gwen for me, like so many people like sacrificed time and did so much for us um, and put so much in effort. And then, you know, I got to ride a bike for 20 right. minutes to show that. Um, so I think that was part of it. And um, yeah just anger and yeah. like you know knowing that that was my dream and yeah i got there but 
it got like got stolen away from right. me. Were you pissed that it was the bike event? Because like a lot of us here, I know, we're like, oh, this is not even like a real CrossFit <laughs> event thing. It's just some random something thrown in there, and you like, know, or that wasn't as big of a. No, I mean, I think the one complaint I say is they should have paved the road. Yeah, that's that was, my only. That was sketchy. I guess we that's didn't get into my that, only complaint. The actual there was like a divot or what? With the actual fall, I guess it happened. Yeah, so, like so somebody um, veered in front of me, and I actually was staying away from her all the trying to get away from her the whole race because she had fallen in our practice laps. Yeah, who was it? Uh, I was a, um, her name is uh, Bethany. Not a fan. It's a good name. Anyway, she didn't mean to, but um, she had fallen in the practice lap, so I was not like going to be by her. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, she had veered in front of me, and they did, you know, like we we were with professional crit racers from Trek. We met with the VP of Trek Re- Racing. Like we had ample time on the bike around the the laps, and like you, so they tried to prepare as much as we possibly yeah. could in those three days. Um, you know, it wasn't just like they threw us to the wolves, sure. and they didn't want that. So I can't complain anything like that. Um, but you know, the only thing I can complain, well, they didn't teach us how to fall, but even if they did, <laughs> who knows if I would have fallen different? Yeah. And then they could have paved the roads because yeah, she cut it in front of me, so I. Kind of had to swerve i even had the question that someone had asked me if it wasn't a clipping bike do you think it would have been different and i think it would have but it maybe would have been worse i don't know because i was attached to the bike i was going up i i like was coming up on top of the bike and if i, I wasn't clipped in maybe i would have flown over the handlebars which would have yeah. who knows who how knows that, that could have been good or bad been, yeah. i don't know because how um, fast were you going on that thing probably at least 25 miles an hour <laughs> Um, cause we were sprinting to, we had just gotten out. Uh, we, yeah, we're sprinting, yeah. but yeah. So pretty much she veered in front of me. I had to swerve out of the way and then I kind of went into a divot and that's when I went over. And then since I couldn't fall over the bike went to the side Sideways. and it seems like slow motion for me, but you see the video and it's so like fast. So fast. Yeah. Um, but really the only thing I was going through my and my um, head was the F word over and over <laughs> again. Um, and, you know, yelling at myself, like, get up, get up, get up, like, get finished, go, go, go. Because um, the finish line was right there. So it's yeah. like, obviously, you're going to, you know, it's trying to get to the finish line. So, um, you know, the adrenaline takes you a long way. But, yeah, watching the video, I was amazed how fast I got back up. <laughs> pretty, pretty fast. Well, I just kept seeing people pass me, like, oh, my God, yeah, like, go, 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 go. So it wasn't even like at that point, like uh, my hands all messed up. Like, I was in pain. Like, I don't think like I really overwhelming, knew yeah. it until I crossed the finish line. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I remember is hitting my head really hard on the. That's on the, the one thing I remember. Oh, you don't from even remember your, like it's not like your hand popped or cracked. Really. No, I don't. Remember. I just remember wow. hitting my head. So, and then I always tell people now, like silver lining is the force that went through my wrist took off my head so yeah that, that's a plus <laughs> it's one way to look at that's, it yeah. that's a good way to look at it you know <laughs> i could have had much more horrible damage um to my body than yeah. what i had so were you sad that you didn't get to row the marathon <laughs> i would gladly roll a marathon <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know so people are like well at least you have to roll a marathon i'm like you know what i would have rode the marathon happily yeah. <laughs> um so it was funny on thursday at the opening ceremonies people were like complaining about rowing the marathon and i'm just like 
internally rolling your eyes. Yeah, yeah. I probably rolled my eyes basically. <laughs> <laughs> I probably didn't internally roll them. Um, I probably looked at them like I'm looking at you. Yeah. yeah. Was there another um, workout that was announced that you were like, oh, I want to do that one? Like, I yeah, would the smoke triples, the, the the total, the total. Yeah. Oh, that would have been so fun. Anyway. Oh, I mean, the whole first day besides the marathon would have been great. Could you have but won I'd, that one? I don't even really know. A lot of the, I think the um, the obstacle course would have been really fun too. Yeah. Um, but truly honest, like I don't even know half the workouts that they did. Could you have won the total? No. no. Um, Top ten. But yeah, for sure. But I, because I didn't watch it at all. So yeah, that leads me to my question. <laughs> like, so that was part of your survive, like mentally surviving. You kind of disconnected from yeah. watching what was going um, on. Yeah. Like I don't. I didn't really know. Yeah, I didn't really, I don't know any of the workouts really that they did. I know some of them, but I didn't, you know, I, yeah, I just kind of, yeah, mentally just. Needed to focus on that you. Yeah. Sense, yeah. Um, you know. Well, otherwise, I, you're like envisioning yourself being there and like, oh, I could have done that. Yeah, and then you just get more yes. self-pity and self, yeah. you know, just feel more bad for, and yep. sad and upset and anger and all these things. So um, I did watch, because I think on CBS Sports or something, they had the handstand um, workout. So I yeah, watched the that. Yeah. I watched that. That was the only thing I watched. I might have watched the... I think I watched the men's final. And then I was busy doing something else during the women's. But I think T, we knew Tia was going to win, right? I think yeah, we were, yeah, with, with, with that one, like, I feel like on that parallel, <coughs> anyone could have bombed that workout. Yeah. Like, that could have been a big separator. But both Tia but and Frazier did awesome. there was 15 workouts. So it's like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But again, it's like... I should have been there, but it's like a dream like you know because it never like i always have to remind myself like yeah you are a games athlete but it's mm. i <laughs> didn't get to really enjoy that or be that very long yeah with <clears throat> with the new format do you think that you'll be able to go back i don't know um i think i would know a lot more if i wouldn't have gotten injured but you know for me that's just so far off and so i just really my focus is to to snatch again to clean again to yeah. like my focus right now is just my wrist and like um working on range of motion because yeah. like you know looking too far off in the distance is just can be a damper and just set me back even more what's been the whole like mental and physical recovery like overall so far i mean like mm -hmm. in other words like are you kind of are you happy with how it's going and how have you like worked through yes. like are you journaling it's a great it's a grieving stuff? process yeah that's what i'm thinking right it really is um but but no i um it like physically i'm i'm happy with how everything's going because i really didn't have any expectations or i really I didn't want to know the recovery process. So, yeah. but my bone healed really well and I had a great surgeon, so I'm so happy with that and it's looking great. Um, so right now it's just range of motion and that's going to be the hardest part. Um, and then what about the mental side and trying to Mentally? Yeah, I've I've written like the week of I wrote a lot. Um, you know, I I listened to podcasts. I talk <laughs> but i mean it is a grieving process yeah. for sure um and i think you know like one day i think it was just like i'm gonna stop feeling sorry for myself yeah. <laughs> and stop um because there's you know so much more in it but it's just that 
and we all have this in life is where we you know can feel bad for ourselves or we can have a step back we just have those negative things in our mind and yeah. we just have to push them aside and and you know it's you hear it over and over again like your thoughts are so powerful and yeah. you're in your thoughts are so powerful so it's just switching those thoughts or you know not allowing yourself to think of those negative things because then that's how you're going to kind of live out your life you're going to live through your thoughts so yeah we have good days we have bad days um but yeah it's a it's a it's a, re- it's a recovery <laughs> process for yeah. sure but you know again like being a mom having gwen having having john there it's totally something different and then you're looking at the silver lining on things and and knowing like this is this is just part of my story and this is an injury and it's not life-threatening injury it wasn't my head it's a wrist and um i work with oncology patients and i work with stage four oncology patients who are dying and and i still have my health and my family has their health so there's obviously so much more it's a shitty thing that happened it's an unfortunate thing um but yeah it's it is what it is is. (laughs) out of your control so um just moving on to you know learning from it and what doesn't kill you makes you stronger what kind of insight would you have for other athletes that are coming back from an injury Mm -hmm. i mean we have our everyday athletes who are coming back from injury but also even maybe more so as an elite athlete to have a setback like that yeah any insight on that i think it's patience (laughs) and you know what what's meant to be is meant to be and i'm you know of course i'm gonna try and um and see how how things go but it's really just working on my wrist but i think a big thing is you know just because you're injured doesn't mean you can't work out doesn't mean you can't come in and do other things or scale it and i think that's a big thing showing people i have three working appendages but i would go crazy if i didn't work out so i have to work out um so that's why i'm here doing a lot of the same movements but i'm still here working out one-armed burpees yeah we've all seen it i know my i don't think my doctor would approve of that it's been Um, it's been nice having that to point to though with right with some athletes who they're upset because oh my shoulder is sore today Mm -hmm. so i can't hang from the bar right well then they they get upset about it i'm like oh well there's michelle over there doing one arm burpee (laughs) pull-ups well not just that but like don't give an excuse to not come in like obviously you need to rest and if you have an injury and like a back's a whole different thing but like if your foot's hurt or your shoulder or whatever like there's so many different things that like the coaches can give you to do or scale the workout so it's you know still come in and get the workout in and feel good after it's Mm -hmm. just your workout's gonna look different but the point of that is you know i follow pro a ton of different programs a ton of different games athletes and um so many times i'm just tempted to unfollow them because it's so uh just hard. I mean, it's so hard for me sometimes because I see these workouts and I see these athletes doing these things and I can't do any of that. Yeah. Um, so again, then it just puts your mental game, mental into more of a negative mindset, which you don't want. And that's why I wanted to unfollow them. But it's now just part of the recovery process. Yeah. Hey, it one, one day you will be able to do that. Like, be patient. You're fine. It's not a big deal. Move on. Um, so yeah, that's that kind of goes along with what you were saying earlier. And it's one of the mantras I'm using for my longer runs, which is you have to focus on the mile you're in right now. Mm-hmm. So if you start thinking about like you're at mile 15 and you're like, oh my God, how am I going to run 
all the way until mile 30. Right. And you can't think that far ahead. You have to think like right Baby now. Baby steps. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And focus on the now, focus on what you can control. If you look too far ahead. It's <laughs> overwhelming. On, yeah. yeah, if you're on 1K, <laughs> you don't want to do that. Yeah, so absolutely. It's in the now, focus on the, on the present and what you can do about it and plan for the future. But I mean, absolutely. Yep. I'm kind of curious about the the journaling and affirmation stuff that you were talking about mm -hmm. in terms of like prepping for regionals, like for your average everyday athlete getting like mentally prepared for a workout. I mean, is it a lot of like psyching yourself up or just kind of saying I'm good enough and I can do this? And I think it's both, but um, like what's something you'd recommend for just like a normal athlete that's scared of a workout or going into it to get them like help get them mentally prepared, whether it's like journaling or whatever? Yeah, I mean into like any workout or like what do you like or, uh, or a big a I mean, or, or maybe like their first competition yeah you know? no i think it i think a lot of people look at like you know affirmations and journaling as either woo woo or like oh it's or even saying it to yourself like yeah, you're in like, the car on the way to work yeah. like talk to yourself in the car like that sounds weird but yeah. i've started doing it and just saying you know like hey i like you're going to, I'm going to do this this week and like, and, and celebrate your wins. Like, yeah. you know, I think a lot of those affirmations are like, you've done this, this, and this, yeah. and, and you are good enough to do this, this, and this. And, yeah. um, cause we're usually the hardest on ourselves. Yeah. So, um, you say it out loud or in your head? I say it out loud. Yeah. You should say it. Like I recommend, Hey, you're alone. Like, well, I think, <laughs> At the regionals, I said it um, in my, I wrote it down. I didn't say it out loud. Okay. It was hard for me. But like recently, I've been saying things out loud in, in my car when I'm by myself. What's you know the goals that I have for the example. well, just like the goals I yeah. have for the week, or you know what I want to accomplish today, yeah. or you know um, what did I do well yesterday, yeah. and kind of just going over it. Yeah. Um, we need a podcast episode where we have Michelle telling Nathan, "You're good enough. <laughs> you can do this." Yeah. Well, and one then you'll story. Have listen to it so over and over I, again. I'll never forget this one story. Um, <laughs> it was a martial arts teacher, and like he came and spoke to our soccer team or something, and he. Um, he had a student who she was very good at martial arts or com in the competition or whatever and she, and he he was so mad that she was listening to earphones like before her competition and 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 he's like because it just wasn't what he did or i don't know he didn't like it and so then you can come over here and then so but then he she's like well listen to listen to what i have and it was her talking to herself and giving herself affirmations. That's awesome. Through her. Oh, it was her own voice. She it was her own she was voice. She to. recorded saying I like, like, I don't know, you know, I don't like yeah. you're you're good at or like going over all these affirmations in her head and and I never forget that. So it's just, um, you know, and visualization is such a huge thing too. Not you know not only in sports but in a presentation with work or. A, anything like as a coach like visualizing yeah. hey how am i going to do the class or um but visualization is huge so you know going into regionals uh workouts and the games athletes like you want to visualize yourself doing those and you want to visualize yourself succeeding in those um mm -hmm. so that you know that's another big thing too visualization and just that's saying awesome. it out loud and voicing your goals too you know not just writing them down but voicing them and right. voicing how you're doing on them and yeah it's like it's, getting yourself in the right mindset and, and sort of like pre-doing it in your head before you do it for real. And making it real, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because once you say it out loud, you're kind of... 
ah, committing to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> like I'm going to PR this or whatever the case yeah, may be. Absolutely. Then you're kind of claiming it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to back squat 200 pounds, whatever. Like saying it out loud. Yeah. I don't think I've ever done that. Hmm. See, I've I've tried it. I've done some of that, and I always get it. It's like this is so cheesy. Like I just <laughs> it feels like ready. Stuart Smalley. It feels like Stuart Smalley. That's why I thought. That's why I was curious to get into it with you because it's to hear a high level athlete say how good and important it is. Because I think a lot of times we look at that and we're like, oh, this is so I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. I can do this kind of thing <laughs> in the mirror. And like I can't. You know, you, it's hard to do talk to yourself, but I think no, it's yeah. cool to hear someone saying I like this is good and it really helps. And I learned that on a podcast to like really. I don't know which one it was, but, um, you know, to say things out loud. And someone talked about, like, do, you know, talking in the car about, uh, you know, about, like, what they did well yeah. yesterday. Like, save those five-minute journals all the time where you write stuff down. Like, hey, um, what are the five things you're going to accomplish today or like, yeah. whatever. And just saying that out loud in the car, you know, versus, you know, everyone, however, or in the shower or whatever, right. whenever you're by yourself um, or with people. But it just kind of rather than writing it down, you're actually saying it. And that could even mean a lot more saying it than writing it. Yeah. Like everyone caught talking to yourself? Um, I just, yeah, well, I'm sure people driving always see me talking to myself, but then I'm like, they think I'm just on the phone. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, it's not a big deal. Car's a pretty safe spot. Yeah, yeah. it's a safe spot. But... Probably, yeah. I'm sure John has got me talking to myself. <laughs> she's, she's just talking to herself <laughs> again. No big deal. Crazy girl. <laughs> so funny. It seems cheesy, but I think that's probably a good practice for perfectionists. Yes. Not that I'm I naming a, any I names. I tend to have a strong inner critic, and I think that it's good to talk to yourself to kind of get out of that because it's like, you know, I'm always like beating myself up. And I'm like, oh, I could have done that better. I could have done this different. You know what oh, I mean? yeah, absolutely. A voice that yeah, you're trying to fight. Such, we're so hard on ourselves. Yeah, we're like, or for me, I'm like, oh, my heart's just critic. Or I'm like, always oh, like, oh, I could have done better. I could have done I this. I know. Like, I was sick this weekend and I didn't work out. And I was like, God, you suck. I'm like, no, you're fine. You need, <laughs> you, you need to sit on the couch sometimes and not do anything. Yes, right? <laughs> totally yeah, true. Was, yeah, for sure. So, aside from being a games athlete, you're also definitely a nutritionist, right? I'm a dietitian. That is correct. Oh, yes. isn't it the same thing? It's not, and it's with a T. Did you know that there's no C in dietitian? A lot of people spell it with oh, a C. Yeah, uh-huh. Diet. No, it's oh, a T. Two right. T's. Two T's. Huh. I know. Who knew? I know. It doesn't even get spell check. I don't think either. It's yeah. unfortunate. But so yes, I'm which a dietitian. one do you have to go to school longer for? For a dietitian, yeah. So I was a marketing major. I went back to school. I worked for Gatorade. Started CrossFit. Found my passion in nutrition. Went back to school to be a dietitian because I knew I wanted it to be my career. So I didn't, you know, I wanted to do this the rest of my life. So I wanted to have the whole thing, like certified, go wherever I wanted to go. So that was the reason for that. But um, yeah, it's really hard to become a dietitian. And to go back to school, I get another bachelor's degree, but in science with a specific in dietetics. And then I had to do a 1200 hour internship um all while you know being pregnant and having a child um so (laughs) and having a very supportive husband uh (laughs) but yeah so but i you know i wouldn't have changed it for the world i'm happy that i did that and i know you know this is what i want to do so all right i'm gonna throw out some buzzwords and then you answer with you have to answer in a single sentence this is fun gotta be succinct all right uh keto not a lifestyle and it's not for everybody intermittent fasting it is a tool for it's just another tool for people to work at a caloric deficit or maintenance starvation mode 
uh, ketosis. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did there. Anabolic window. Um, Fueling yourself around the work workout, eat food after you work out. If you're hopefully within sixty minutes. So there's something to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, You know, if you're going home to eat right away. Don't just go home and eat. If you're going on errands or going somewhere and not going to be able to eat within an hour, then have a protein shake with half a banana. I'm going to come back to this one. Um, <laughs> are you familiar with IIFYM? If it fits your macros? Oh, yeah. Um, I don't. The one thing I don't like about macros is if people aren't balanced throughout the day and then they have like 60 grams of protein they have to hit at night and then they'll hit that 60 grams of protein. It's like the stupidest thing to me. You know, like it, it, like it doesn't, time. like being a perfectionist, yeah. like, oh my gosh, I have to uh, hit my uh, macros hit and I have to hit those numbers yeah. and I'm 200 gram, I'm 100 grams away of carbs from that so I'm just going to eat it, which would never happen, but I'm just going to eat yeah. tons of carbs or, you know, I have this amount of protein, how am I going to do that? What can I eat to get that? You can be too obsessed with that. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I think. Just, you know, making sure um, the balance is there and the quality is there. Cheat days. Um, So cheat says that it's a negative thing and that it's a bad thing if you cheat. Obviously, I hope everyone thinks that cheating is bad. (laughs) So, you know, putting that more into like a treat versus a cheat. Um, And, you know, it shouldn't be a day. It should be a meal every so often, a, a treat meal. And even trying to get rid of the treat meals and just have it be a meal and not seeing a meal as good or bad but you know looking more at the nutrient dense or the how healthy it is or how nutritious it is for you so no good or bad is calories in calories out sort of the basis of like is that your starting point for people um no no i would say more like just the quality i would i go with first too because if you work on the quality then the quantity usually kind of works itself out if it doesn't then we focus on that so drill into that a little more so in terms of you're gonna you're saying if you're eating more quality food you will naturally eat the correct closer to the correct quantities yeah and yeah and i think it's to connecting people more to their their hunger cues their not this is not a good food or a bad food um Mm. you know looking at um like the quality of foods the ones that are going to be more nutritious for you but that doesn't mean you can't have xyz and especially doesn't mean that you need to feel guilty if you had a donut or a cookie um you know my one of my things i always tell people is the only the only way you should feel guilty and eating something is if you stole it yeah. <laughs> like stealing their food so yeah. we shouldn't feel guilty but that's just diet culture um yeah. in all of our brains so, um, so it, if it's midnight and i'm face deep in a block of cheese i should not feel bad because <laughs> i bought it <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't feel bad if that's what you really want okay. <laughs> um but that's probably not every night and yeah. it's probably not very often it is that's why i sleep so bad <laughs> <laughs> the cheese. Uh, how much of being a dietitian and working with people on nutrition is like the the psychology of the mental side of it so like mm-hmm. you know people are eating because they feel bad or whatever i mean is, is that a lot of what you see or yeah i'm yeah i mean food is so connected to how we feel right so it's kind of f- helping people figure out other ways to 
you know, deal with stress or deal with sadness or deal. Um, and you know, it's food is a pleasurable thing. It a hundred percent is, but we're just not, we don't need to, you know, we don't need to celebrate every day with a cupcake. Like, you you know, like that's for a special occasion. Um, or if it's not, then just have a cupcake and you know like it's it's getting people i think the main thing is getting people to love and respect themselves you know you're not going to respect yourself by eating a dozen donuts sure. it's not a respectful thing to do yeah. um so it's just you know respecting your body and respecting yourself um and loving yourself and having you know if you love yourself then you're going to fuel yourself in the best way possible and if you love yourself you're going to give yourself a cookie because you want a cookie um (laughs) you know so um it's coming from that area and that's it's more just of an intuitive eating area where you know it's not a it's not a dieting thing it's not um keto it's not low fat or whatever um it's just a lifestyle way to eat why do you think the nutrition area is so swamped with all these like fad diets? I mean, it seems like more than anything else, like that hits nutrition is there's yeah. th- every year it's like there's a book about some crazy diet and then it kind of sweeps the nation. Is it like people are just looking for a quick fix? Yeah. Or, yeah. People are just looking for, oh, well, maybe this will work for me. And it's a cycle of diet culture. So the cycle is we go on a diet and then we deprive ourselves and then we crave and then we binge on it one way or another. And then we feel guilty and we think it's our own fault when really it's diet culture's fault. Um, so, and then we try to find a new one and then another new one versus, you know, just trying to find your, a balanced lifestyle. And like, there's so many other things in the world to worry about. Why are we like the amount of time and effort and stress people put into food and how they, you know, their weight, it's just so how much happier would we be if we didn't have that? Right. Um, and I'm not perfect either. Like I look in the mirror and I like, you know, going from, I mean, and you know, I've been wanting to write a, write about this, but just going from, you know, how my body changed from the games and then how it's changed now, but I'm at back at my set point weight and all of us have a set point weight and I'm accepting it because that's, it's my healthy weight. And yeah, my boobs have gotten bigger. I put on fat, but I'm not working out two hours a day and right. you know training like i did and that's i'm just at my my healthy weight now um my diet has obviously changed since um after the games but um yeah so it's you know it's just looking at yourself reminding yourself my body is amazing i can do all these things like i love my body i like i'm looking at the positives versus the negatives right you know everyone looks at the mirror women look at the mirror and the first thing they point out are th- are things they don't like about themselves yep so it's working on that as much as you're possible and looking at the mirror and saying what the hell do you love about yourself yeah. and um going from there that's really hard for people it's right. so hard yeah we have an exercise that we do in the birth fit postpartum class where um, the women are supposed to look at themselves in the mirror for a certain amount of time and come up with something that they love about themselves. And that is by far the hardest thing for all of the women to do. Yeah. Well, yeah, they, yeah, they just gave birth yeah. to a, yeah, but I if you imagine. But th- if you think about how, as mo- I mean, as moms too, it's such a powerful tool. We think how we want our children, they see themselves reflected in us. Yep. So uh, 
it's a powerful tool to to accept yourself and be see the strong parts of yourself for your children no absolutely i couldn't i couldn't agree more and and i tell people too you know being the role model and a huge role for the women that are here you're being role models for your children just coming to the gym and being active but at the same time it's how you view yourself and what the words you say because you say them and you don't even know but you know and 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 i grew up with you know with I was I was told I was good to be hungry because that means you're yeah you know and we would talk about the thing I remember my girlfriends and I were talking about what we didn't like about our bodies like what are you doing why are you talking about that um, and the funny thing was the thing I hate about my body was my muscles <laughs> well that's flipped around uh, a little bit yeah. yeah thank God for CrossFit I think the other thing that's weird that you know, Molly, you and I have talked about is how you'll look at bodybuilders and and like in popular culture, be like, okay, this is like, they're they they look great, right? But the reality is that they're not healthy in a lot of ways, especially when they're comp ready, right? They're like four percent body fat, and you know, lots and, of bad- and they're not even happy with the way they look. They're still right. not happy with the way they look, and they're standing on stage, and they are literally either ready to keel over. Yeah. Sometimes they actually do keel over, right? At that like three to eight percent body fat, low water crazy yeah so we'll talk about the negative effects of vegetarianism next time <laughs> get out of here absolutely not you can 100 percent get you just got to take those b b12 vitamins yeah <laughs> yep. and, I do. I, okay. and iron probably i've never had a problem with my iron levels though that's good always right on you point get it in the gym that's right <laughs> actually from the bar his dad said a funny thing to me one day. He said... Uh, My dad says a lot of funny things. He does. He does. But he was like, that's a really good thing that you're lifting the weights, Molly. You know, because that iron yeah. kind of comes <laughs> off on you. And I was like... <laughs> you're like... Uh, that's how it works. That's not how this works. <laughs> I don't know if that works that way. We'll just go with that. It's so funny. Well, but no, is, you're good. This has been awesome, Michelle. Yeah. People want to find you online where do you rec- where do you point them to so my top one would be my instagram which is fumagali underscore fit plate um or you could just type in fumagali and that'll probably come up it's fairly unique yeah you know um i know i went from weissenhofer to fumagali <laughs> so Upgrade. unique yeah two million dollar oh. last names right there yeah right there yeah. um but that's kind of the main place where i put put everything on you know, i was like fit plate nutrition um is my website but you can always contact me on instagram i'm on facebook too but instagram i put the most out i put a bunch of stuff on like working out family fitness and food are pretty much the three things that i have on my instagram um i'm a lot to do i always put stuff on my instagram story about you know diet culture and self-love and self-respect and things like that as well so that's where you can find me. That's awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for it's having me. Fun. This was super fun. This has been another episode of the Thunderbolt Strength Podcast. Until next time, stay strong. Stay strong. Stay strong. <laughs>